episode 21, talking to myself about Roslyn. Roslyn is a lizard that I'm considering adopting from my good friend, a former fellow teacher, as a classroom pet. Roslyn is pretty low maintenance, comes with all her own accessories, and I'm pretty certain it will be love at first sight for my students. The fish that I acquired from the same friend have been a smashing success with the kids. They take turns feeding them, offer to clean the tank, fish sit them on school breaks, and stare mesmerized into their aquaponic fish tank. I can only imagine that Rosalind could expect to enjoy a similar level of adoration and intrigue. Now, before I introduce a new family member who could potentially spend some time at our house, I probably should run the idea by my husband. Therefore, I have a sticky note, the staple of my self-communication, on the kitchen counter reminding me to talk to my husband about Rosalind. However, while he should get to weigh in on the matter, it isn't his job to think through the pros, cons, and logistics of the prospect. That's my job. See, I'm frequently in the nasty habit of deferring my decision-making to other people because I'm afraid of making the wrong decision. And if I allow someone else to do the dirty work of thinking through the repercussions of my decisions for me, then I protect myself from making the wrong choice. I also don't have to expend the effort of thinking through the nitty-gritty realities of a decision, doing the research, doing my homework, so to speak. I don't have to be the bad guy, be the one to rain on my own parade by shutting down an idea that's no good. So, in that vein... There are two patterns that I typically follow in regards to decision-making. I just explained the first one. The second one is to not pursue my own ideas at all. I just simply discount them and not even open that Pandora's box. The reason for this second approach is that I don't have a reliable decision-making process. My typical method of making decisions is to do what feels like the best choice, or at least the one I want, the one I anticipate will reduce anxiety, which is frequently the case, the choice that I assume that other people will want or expect of me. So, as I said, I need a reliable decision-making process for myself. The approach is to run an idea through a formula, a series of questions that can be applied to most situations in order to check the soundness of the decision. My five questions are the following. One, what is the end goal? And is this the most effective means to that end? Two, what resources, in terms of time, energy, fulfillment, money, etc., will this both require and provide? Number three, how will this affect other people? Number four, have I done my homework and research? Number five, which of my personal values does this align with? I share all this because I very strongly suspect that I am not alone in these poor approaches to decision making. If this resonates with you, then perhaps you'll benefit from trying this strategy as well. Perhaps a different set of questions will provide a more effective screening process for you based on the criteria that are most important in your own decisions. And I anticipate that the screening list may require some adjustment as I use it. Also that it will be clunky at first to run through this whole process. 
but my hope is that it will gradually become more ingrained and automatic. The hope is also that with practice and consistent implementation, I will develop confidence in the effectiveness of the process, thereby reducing the inclination to place the weight of my decision-making onto others or avoid it altogether. And now I'm off to go talk to myself about Rosalind. Oh, hey, I'm back. So I wrote this original script two weeks ago and had been mulling out over it for several weeks since then. See, the thing is, I just told my friend a few minutes ago that I decided to not take Rosalind. I've been texting back and forth with my friend, rescheduling, leveraging reasons I couldn't drive out to come get her each weekend. I was scheduled to go pick up Rosalind tomorrow, and I finally got to talking to myself about Rosalind. Last night, I sat down and wrote out my answers to the previous five questions that I mentioned. I was mostly honest with myself and admitted what I already knew was true, that I had actually decided during the initial conversation with my friend that I didn't feel totally on board with the idea. See, I had originally texted her that day because I just wanted to hang out with her. Then the topic of Rosalind came up and I was intrigued. I'd met Rosalind before and she was pretty cool. And as I mentioned, I thought my students would really enjoy her. There was no pressure whatsoever from my friend to take her. It was merely an offer and an invitation. But I didn't pause myself in the moment to hold my yeses close to my chest. After that, I felt obliged to stick to the yes that I had too hastily initially given. I was divided in my own motives and kept putting off the decision making. At the last minute, the day before I had planned to pick up Rosalind, I pussied out and shifted the weight of the decision-making onto my husband by asking if he was okay with me adopting Rosalind. I wanted him to reality check me and make the call for me. In other words, I did not follow my own procedure. I shall pardon myself and move on. It is a good reminder of why I need a process for making decisions that I can rely on so that I don't put them on other people. After deciding that it would be best not to adopt Rosalind and informing my friend of said decision, I felt both relieved and guilty for wasting her time and not following through with what I'd said I'd do. The bonus lesson to be gained from this experience is that moving forward on a decision that has been made poorly or only partially or without being weighed against some internal or external criteria runs the risk of falling apart. And it saves everyone involved a hell of a lot of trouble when we're honest with ourselves sooner than later. <laughs>